Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where today is a, a very fantastic day for me. Um, this is something that I thought would never happen in my lifetime, because <laughs> uh, the guest that we have on today, uh, I've been following for years, honestly, and it's just a pleasure and an honor to to have this gentleman on our show. Uh, David Ike. welcome to Talk Junkies, man. That's a real pleasure, mate. Yeah, no, the, the pleasure is mine, man. Like I said, I've been I've been into your into your research and watching videos on you for I'd say close to seven years, man. It's just been a long time, kind of uh, helped jumpstart me into my journey on trying to find knowledge. But uh, man, we, uh, it's going to be a quick packed hour, and I just want to start it off, man. Why are you here doing what you're doing at this very moment in your life? Well, you know. Uh... I, I see life as um, an eternal journey of consciousness. And uh, I'm, I'm now, like everyone else, having a brief experience called human, but I came from somewhere and I'll go to somewhere else, like all of us will. And uh, I um, look back at my life uh, in, in all its stages now from the perspective of what's happened. And uh, it's pretty clear that, uh, for whatever reason, I came to do what I'm doing now. Uh, the years, the decades, up to when I became aware of um, and, and went on this 30-year-now journey, um, when I look at it, it was it appeared to be a series of random uh, experiences, but there weren't. Uh, I, I wanted to be a professional soccer player and uh, became, became one. And then I had the enormous disappointment at the age of 21 of uh, having it uh, finished through um, arthritis. And um, I was emotionally devastated. I had no, nothing else to do. Um, and uh, you, 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 you learn to overcome um, adversity and just get up and get on with it. And uh, all the way through my childhood, uh, while I was you know, pursuing a football career, um, I was also fascinated by journalism. I was always reading papers and um, looking at the way that stories were constructed. Uh, and so when my football career finished, immediately, okay, you can't feel sorry for yourself, it's done. People, what worse off, so what are you gonna do? And I went to journalism with newspapers and radio and television, and that gave me an insight into the media and communication. Uh, and then I became a national spokesman for the British Green Party. Um, and uh, I saw, it, it wasn't for that long, thank goodness, but I did see on the inside a, a number of things. A, how politics works and how irrelevant it is changing everything. And secondly, I also saw, which has become very, very relevant now, the, the, the mindset that is behind this uh, human-caused global warming and, and uh, extinction rebellion and all this kind of mindset. And then I had a, a, a phenomenal um, experience or series of experiences which blew the top of my head off and set me on this, this uh, journey. And I went through the most enormous ridicule in Britain um, because of, uh, of what I was saying and what I was doing in the early 1990s. And, and that set me free of the biggest prison that most people live in, which is the fear of what other people think. And so that set me free so that when um, information came along subsequently, which I didn't know at the time was coming, there wasn't a, a problem in, well, if I say this, what are people going to think of me, you know? So you just say it, you just do it because of that experience of um, 
mass historic levels of ridicule really it really was um and you 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 come through it stronger uh and and then um you know one of the things that happened in 1990 uh, after um, a year through 1989 into the spring of 1990 when whenever i was in a room alone i felt i wasn't alone there was like some presence there and i ended up seeing a psychic in um, in professional psychic in March 1990 simply to see if she would pick up what the hell's been I was feeling around me for a year and at that point um, uh, uh, this psychic started telling me I was going to go out on the world stage and reveal great secrets uh, and, and that I would face enormous opposition but quote they uh, would always be there to protect me and and a, a load of other things which is actually exactly what's unfolded one of the things that was said uh, in 1990 um, was that I would be, uh, from that point, um, guided to knowledge, and at other times, knowledge would be put into my mind directly. And uh, all, all I can say is, uh, pretty much from that time, that's exactly what's happened. And then I'm, 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 all this information is coming towards me, uh, synchronistically with uh, personal experience, people I meet, books I come across, d documents, whistleblowers, all of it. Um, in different parts of the world. And it, it, it um, basically presented a picture of where the world's being taken, uh, who, by, and why. And, uh, and now we come to present events. And, um, you know, since the start of 2020, it's become pretty obvious to most people, yeah. uh, though far from all, that um, the world is not like they thought it was and something very, very sinister is going on. Uh, so when I look back at that sequence, it, it's pretty clear that um, for whatever reason I came to do this, and so I'm I'm here doing it, and will continue to do it until um, until I leave this world and start exploring another one. Hell yeah, man! It it sounds like you've come and you've overcame like a lot of adversity, which is actually really really good because most people don't. I mean, you talk about your two major things: the one being when you were 21 with your football career, and then again in you said like 1990 or was it before that it was like 1985 something like that with the interview where people were ridiculing you and you've surpassed yeah, 1990, that was, yeah no 1991 was the interview okay all broke loose in terms of ridicule after that yeah because a lot of people just go into the darkness after that kind of thing happens you know whenever they're publicly if there's any kind of ridicule or backlash or anything like that a lot of people disappear and stop with what they're doing and you I love the fact that you've just overcame that and been like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I do. And if anything, you said that it's made you stronger because you've gotten past that fear. It's just defeated a roadblock for you. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I, in the early 1990s, uh, amid all the ridicule, um, I, um, I, I kind of, by that time, had started to, to, to realize um, that uh, life is not uh, three score years and ten. That's just a human experience. It's, um, it's, it's eternal, it's, it's forever. And I thought, well, the worst thing I can do if I go with this, 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 this urging I have to, to go with this, the worst thing I can do is absolutely mess up one short little experience called human. Uh, so I thought, I can handle that. So I'm gonna go with this and see where it goes. And, and you know, it, it's, it's looking at, at, at life um, in, a, in a completely different way. It's, it's seeing the, the long game. Uh, because if you self-identify only with the labels that we're given, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm a this race, that race, or 
this sexuality, that sexuality. Um, you uh, see life in a certain way, in a very limited way, uh, because you are self-identifying with basically limitation. Uh, uh, when those labels are not the eternal nature of who we are, they are experiences which the eternal nature of who we are, consciousness, is having. And so uh, when you come from the self-identity that I am the consciousness having that experience, uh, uh, currently a brief experience called human, then things that intimidate you uh, or, or frighten you into compliance, uh, even mass ridicule, uh, take on a completely different light. Because in, instead of all, oh, oh, this is this is everything, what's happening to me, this is everything, it becomes, well, this is just an experience. And there'll be another one along in a minute. And, and I'm, I, I can handle this experience until another one comes along in a minute. Uh, and, and so you don't cave in the same way that you would um, if you didn't have this long game um, perspective. Uh, so, you know, I, I knew intuitively from, from pretty much from the start after this transformation in um, 1990, that this was leading somewhere. Don't ask me how I knew, it, it's knowing, which is something that's well beyond thought. And so when the ridicule came, it helped me to get through that experience because I knew it was leading somewhere. Uh, and, and, and so, okay, this is now, but it's not forever. And you would have thought that was crazy because um, having been uh, a, a well-known television presenter in Britain, uh, to then go through that level of, uh, of utter ridicule, you would think, well, that's him finished. He's never going to come back from that. But you do. And, you know, I've used this analogy uh, about uh, life. And, and this is what I mean by the long game. Um, you're going down a river in a canoe. And you can only see the next turn on the river. But other levels of ourselves, that which is... Um, the consciousness having the experience um, that can see the river from from source to sea so what to you at any point like the mass ridicule is an isolated experience to the greater picture it's just a step on a journey and so when I was going through that uh, that, that uh, ridicule I obviously um, I thought this is leading somewhere but I didn't know where uh, but it did lead somewhere, and this is the point. It led somewhere, not despite the ridicule, but because of it. Because it, it gave me something in terms of uh, leaving the prison cell called fear of what the people think, which has allowed me to do and say things ever since, which if you feared what the people thought, obviously, you, you wouldn't do and say. So, you know, you can see life as a series of individual uh, um, happenings, or you can see it as a, a chain of events leading uh, somewhere. And the question is, are we going to go with that somewhere, where, it, where, where this is leading, or are we going to let fear and, um, and intimidation and wanting to uh, be part of the crowd uh, to stop us doing that? Because how many, how many people in this world, i.e. most of them, uh, are, are have this war between what their mind and their emotions say and what something here says? 
How many people think, oh, I'd really love to do this. Oh, hey, what will your mother think? What about the people at work? Uh, what, what will be the consequences? What will people say if you do that? Uh, and, 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 and so it, it's this chatter in your head, which is often stopping you doing where this is saying, hey, go, this is for you, go. And, and what I did in the uh, early 1990s is I, I thought, well, well, you can chat all you like, mate, but I'm going with this. And it's led somewhere. And, and an interesting phenomenon happens, what well, happened to me anyway, probably about 93, 94, is this, um, this war ends when your, your head, if you like, um, sees uh, this process of following your, your knowing, your intuitive knowing. And it sees that, yeah, you, you can get into some scrapes because this is not seeing the world and reality the way this is seeing it. So it's going to be at odds. It's going to be odds with mainstream society. But what this observes is that if you go with it, you may get into some challenges, but it works out in the end. And it works out not despite the challenges, but because of them. And then this, this fusion happens where your head and your heart start speaking the same language and the war ends so when my intuition says to me uh, uh, you, you need to do this I need to do this my, my head doesn't say whoa, whoa whoa what about all these things it goes okay let's go uh, and it's um, it's a, a wonderful um, uh, feeling because the, the wars the wars over uh, I don't mean you don't get to challenges you do but uh, the, 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 the war within you one thing pushing one way, one thing pushing the other, it ends, and it's 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 a freedom beyond words. So, what do you, whenever you're trying to accomplish something like that on a massive scale, for eight billion people to try and allow that to happen, um, how do we get there? You know, because we're really big on this channel, we're trying to expose the corporate oligarchy for what it is. But when you have a mass prop propaganda campaign that's going on worldwide into all the populations, how do we achieve something like that on a, on a mass scale? Um, well, there's many levels of this. I mean, one of them is you can only do your best because um, you can't do any more than your best. It's not possible. Um, and so circulating information to inform people of what's going on and what they need to know is, is obviously what needs to happen. But, you know, there has to be also a shift in, in human perception on a much deeper level. There has to be a shift in human self-identity because um, we, we live in a, in, in a reality with basically two worlds in it. There's the world of the population and that is limited in terms of the knowledge it's allowed to have not least of reality, true nature of the eye, and absolutely where the world's being taken. And then you've got this other world of secret societies and semi-secret groups, etc., which I call the global cult, which systematically passes over knowledge it doesn't want the public to know through this secret society network, that the inner cause of it, uh, ultimately, with the most advanced knowledge. And this um, uh, uh, other world knowledge is, is basically, again, two things. Knowledge of where the world's being taken, I'll keep it from them, but also the nature of reality and the nature of the eye. Because what it wants to do is to isolate human awareness, consciousness, in the five senses, in effect. It wants people to perceive everything through the five senses, 
uh, and to um, uh, perceive reality, everything uh, from that level. Because once you do that, you're, that focus of attention is disconnecting people from the greater self, the, the very focus of attention. I mean, it's a simple thing. If you really focus your attention, if I focus my attention on what's in front of me now, fiercely, the rest of the room disappears. Only that exists because of my focus. And so the more you can focus people on the five sense reality, the more you're, you're pulling them out of the greater self, which is absolutely essential. I mean, you, um, you can see the way that society is structured to limit knowledge and to limit awareness and how the whole um, perception of the eternal self is, is, is marginalized. Uh, it's always esoteric nonsense or whatever. So that um, uh, people um, can go through an entire lifetime without even asking, who actually am I? Where am I? What is this place? They just kind of go through life uh, without often asking those questions because they have to stay in that um, prison cell, that perceptual prison cell, if this is going to en masse manipulate people. And so the people like that have no filter. They're so focused within the five senses that all their information, which is giving them a fix, which is producing their perceptions and giving them a fix on the eye and reality and world events is actually coming from uh, this, um, this other world via the media, via the education system, which this world set up through people like the Rockefellers, JD Rockefeller and so on. Um, it's coming at them through the politics, which this controls. It's coming at them through the big pharmaceutical cartel in terms of health, which this controls. And, and, and so basically it's a perceptual prison that's been created. And it's a self-policing prison in the sense that programmed uh, to believe what this is telling them about reality, this narrow band of possibility that anyone that wants to step off what I call the postage stamp consensus and start to explore beyond it um, or question beyond it, well, not only um, uh, are they targeted by this other world, they're targeted by the people who've been programmed by this other world um, to, to believe in this narrow band of reality. And in 2020, all these things have become so blatantly obvious. Uh, we have now uh, a, a massive uh, hoax going on with this pandemic um, and all these fascistic impositions, but they couldn't be imposed only by this world. Not enough of them. They couldn't even be imposed by the law enforcement uh, controlled by this world, which they recruit from the target population. It has to um, uh, be manipulated through control of perception, whereby people will not only do whatever authority tells it without question, authority ultimately this other world, uh, but it also polices um, other people that, that don't want to um, accept it um, on behalf of this other world, which it doesn't even know exists. Uh, and so if you look um, around now, I mean, you know, I live on an island 23 miles across just off the south coast of England. And um, the police have, have issued today a, a, a diabolical uh, a statement on, uh, on 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 its Facebook page uh, here, saying how they're going to fiercely police this um, whole uh, COVID fascism. But they put a link on the page uh, that people uh, should go to 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 snitch on their neighbours. 
and to, to tell tell them of anyone who's not uh, basically um, complying with the fascism. Uh, and so the the target population is also the, the uh, much of it is also the, the the policing the target population. You know, I've said years ago uh, we've been manipulated to outsheep the sheep because um, at least the sheep need a sheepdog to keep them in line. Uh, humans have dispensed with the sheepdog. We police each other. We're doing it ourselves been, now. Yeah, it's never been more obvious than, than it is now. Um, um, and if you if you look at all this it, 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 from a, a whole perspective, what we're talking about is control of perception because perception becomes behavior and collective behavior becomes human society. Perception is everything. And perception comes from information received, and that's why we've got all the um, the censorship going on now to control information, to 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 control perception. So, if um, you are trying to in- introduce a vaccine, actually not a vaccine, actually a fake vaccine, it doesn't meet the criteria of a vaccine, um, uh, and uh, information is circulating that's making people go, "Oh, hold on a minute, I'm not sure about this." Well, what you do is you don't argue your case and show that you're you're telling the truth. You silence that which is exposing it because you want to control perception so people will have the vaccine that you want them to have so where's the answer the answer is in in people changing their perceptions and and all you can do is put information in front of people that challenges the perception programming information and people then have to decide um uh, what they're going to do with it because um you know you you can't force perceptions on people uh, but you can put information in front of them which would influence their perceptions and give them a, another way of looking at a situation rather than what is coming out of authority. Uh, but where this goes from here um, is absolutely down to whether perception changes in enough people or whether it doesn't. Uh, because um, unless that changes, nothing else can change. Because what, what is human society? It is human collective perception made manifest. So if human perception changes, human society must change. If human perception doesn't change, human society can't change. Uh, and uh, so uh, that's, that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, again, it's also about taking responsibility. This other world, which is made up of a fraction, a fraction of the target population, um, cannot impose its will on that population unless the population acquiesce to it. And uh, we got into this mess in 2020 because people have, um, have acquiesced to it. And if we stop doing it, then we'll go in another direction, but not until. Do you think, and that's the best way to put it, is that you can put information in front of people, but you can't make them change your mind. And you mentioned at the beginning of that answer that, you know, all we can do is our absolute best to put that information in front of people. Do you think it's possible for the infamous they, the global elite, the global cult, whatever you want to call it, them, um, do you think it's possible that they make a misstep and cause more people to awaken, for lack of a better term, because they've so masterfully crafted this. We talk about it a lot on the podcast, the pain versus pleasure response that's within every human. If I have a thumbtack right here and I press my, press my finger into it and I get a cookie, well, that's not worth it. That, that hurts too much for just a cookie. I don't care about a cookie. If I press into a thumbtack and I get $100,000, I'm going to do that all day. I can take that pain. And they have somehow 
masterfully crafted this 51% versus 49% pleasure versus pain where they can take and take and be this overarching, you know, overlord and hit us with only 49% pain, but we get that 51% pleasure. But I feel like the older I get, the more I see, I feel like they're riding that line and they're about to topple it themselves. Do you think it's possible that they make a misstep and end up causing more people to wake up to what's going on? Or is it solely on us? Well, I think they already have. You know, um, because I've been doing this for so long, I've seen um, the death 30 years ago where you couldn't fill a phone box of interest with this is what's planned for the world. And I've seen it grow and I've seen it grow. I saw it grow um, uh, significantly after 9-11. I saw it grow again um, after uh, weapons of mass destruction were not found in Iraq. People starting to think, hey, the, you know, this thing about, you know, the politicians lie to us. Well, actually, it's not just some esoteric kind of naval contemplating uh, uh, kind of mantra. It's actually true. Look at it. Um, and and but but still, it was it was a, a small small minority compared with the, the general population. But what's happened? In, you see, this is um, th this is what I would say the situation is. That and I said this years ago that eventually this agenda, this force is going to have to break the surface and put itself on public display for a simple reason that you can only manipulate under the radar for a while because if you want to transform human society at some point it's got to be uh, transformed in front of people's eyes and they have a name for it of course the great reset is the latest one um, and and when when they break the surface and people start to see it and and anyone with a modicum of awakeness um, can uh, no longer be in denial that the world's not like they thought it was then they have a race they have a race to lock everything down not least technologically enough people have seen this in your face um, transforming of society to the point where the, the thing starts to unravel and so they've had a, a problem in the sense of, yes, they, um, they, they've had to break the service, surface, but once they have, then they have to get this locked down quickly, uh, literally locked down in terms of uh, uh, global control. And um, so they've had to move real fast. Once they broke the surface in, um, with this uh, vaccine hoax in early 2020, they've had to move very, very quickly. And in moving quickly um, uh, and in seeking to move quickly they've had to make um clearly to anyone again with a modicum of, of intelligence ludicrous excuses for it they've had to lie they've had to contradict themselves and all these things have been enormous numbers of people that weren't before um and they've gone to this stage we, we're at this stage now where, in, in my experience anyway, I mean, nothing like the number of people who are starting to see it, at least on one level, um, that there's never been like this before. I mean, you know, I, I talked earlier about mass ridicule. I would go down the street and people would be laughing at me. 
Now I go down the street or go out for a walk and people are stopping me, want to talk about this information, people from all different walks of life. So um, there has been this big change. It, 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 it don't make sense, mate, does it? What's going on? So that's, that, that's very encouraging that we've reached that stage. But the next stage is, is very, very challenging for people. And that, that's to go from, I can see it, to I'm no longer cooperating with it. And that takes, uh, in current circumstances, it takes backbone, it takes courage, it takes determination. Um, and, but that has to take place has to go from I can see it to I'm not cooperating with it anymore uh, and it's until that happens symbolically people will be on the other side of the street seeing it happen and realizing why it's happening but they won't have crossed the street and uh, engage with it or even more important disengage from it by ceasing to cooperate with it when we have a mass movement doing that um, then then we've got uh, then we've got a chance because you know, protests are great in the sense that they are an indicator of public opinion, public feeling, uh, the number of people that are for something or against something. But protests alone, where you, you turn up, you protest and you go home and carry on as before, um, still cooperating with, uh, with, the, with your own enslavement, I think would have changed anything. And much more powerful than a, uh, even a mass protest is, is, is large numbers of people saying, no, I'm not gonna wear a mask, damaging my health. And it's designed to, to, to rewire my psychology. Of course, I'm not wearing a bloody mask. Um, and I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, because in the end, when you're dealing with um, heading towards 8 billion people being manipulated by at the core of the core, at the core of the core, you get them in a room. Um, then the mathematics alone show you where, but only if, if, if you express that and use the power of, of, of numbers. So um, to, to stop that happening, they have to divide and rule the target population. This is what all the massive funding of BLM uh, by the, uh, the, the billionaires uh, uh, is, is all about, of course, dividing people on the grounds of race so you can set them at war with each other so they're not actually in unity, uh, seeing what's going on and saying we're not having it. Uh, and, 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 but but it, it's um, absolutely vital that, that people do move from just seeing it to um, ceasing to cooperate with it. So from a personal point of view, I decided uh, back in uh, in the spring with the first lockdown, well, I didn't really decide it, it it's what I am, uh, that I wasn't going to wear a mask, I wasn't going to social distance, and I wasn't going to uh, go under house arrest. I'm going to go out when I wanted. Uh, and I have done ever since. Um, and because I, if, if one, one thing's absolutely certain, if you cooperate with your own enslavement, you're going to be enslaved. It's real simple. And what I've been trying to get across is, I look, I know that it's intimidating for people. Because, you know, if you look at a human life, not only is it a, um, a long sequence of downloading perception right from the start, but it's also um, programming people to fear authority and to be intimidated by authority. Because you come out of the womb and within three, four years, you're sitting at a desk in school and the authority figure is telling you what, when you have to be there, when you can leave, when you can eat, when you can talk, what to believe, 
uh, when you can go to the toilet and and there are consequences for challenging that and there are um, carrot and stick consequences for doing as you're bloody told and this goes on all the way through your education then you go out to work and your teacher becomes the boss now you've got to keep the boss happy the, the, you're, you're intimidated by the boss what would the boss say and 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 then you've got uh, law enforcement etc and so on you've got you've got local states and councils telling you what you must do and you must conform to and people get and it's all systematic it's all psychology they get into this mode of, of, of by reflex action being intimidated by authority so i absolutely know um, why they are intimidated and why they find it very difficult to conceive of refusing to do what authority says but what i've been trying to get across is again think the long game because if you think it's bad now this is only where we are now uh, if you think it's bad now what's it going to be like for your kids and your grandkids what's it going to be like for you a few years uh hence when this stuff is really really uh, uh making uh, orwell uh, look like a sissy in terms of the world that he described um we make a stand now and we we stop cooperating or that's what's coming uh and, and it's again it's down to individual choice um are, are you gonna do that or are you gonna just wait and wait and wait and hope it will go away it ain't going away no um, and and and, and th that's what's waiting down the road so and, uh, i can't look my kids in the eye and my grandkids in the eye and 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 do anything but um but do everything I can to to challenge and expose this. Uh, I couldn't sleep at night if I did. Yeah, and so I'm just kind of curious on, on how on the last part of that, just about the education and how you kind of got into that. And it's very interesting how you put it. I, I never really thought of it that way. And I, this is kind of just like a side question to it, but do you think that, let's say that, you know, it's a critical moment in time right now and, and somehow we do awaken ourselves to what the situation is and it turns for the, for the better and we don't go the other route. What kind of, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you think something like anarchy would work? Like the true definition of anarchy? Do we really need like an overarching authority at, at every point in our lives telling us, hey, like this is how it needs to be done? Or do you think something like an anarchy or true democracy is the, like the, the, the right route? Well, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you my philosophy on life. Um, do we need an overarching authority? Absolutely not. But I, I'll tell you what's interesting in terms of the programming is that um, they've not asked me for a long time now, but um, over a period of years when they, they, they thought it'd be a good laugh, I was invited to, um, to speak and debate at the Oxford Union, uh, at Oxford University, which is kind of set up like the House of Commons debating chamber. And the students debate and, on a motion and, and they bring people on outside um, to debate that motion. And uh, what they do is they give you a, they give you a bowl of soup or something uh, beforehand, and one or two students are uh, around the table um, uh, and they're asking you questions and stuff before the whole thing starts. And um, I, I was talking about the very subject you brought up, and I, what I found uh, a very uh, kind of uh, well, not shocking, but uh, very indicative, is that none of them could conceive of a world in which there wasn't some overarching authority um, uh, structure dictating events. The, 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 it's so part of it. Well, well, how could that work? Well, it depends on con at the level of consciousness, you know. 
um, uh, there's a level of consciousness in which you need laws to say you can't do that because people will do it but if you get to a certain level of consciousness where people would even think of doing that then it's a completely different world the level of consciousness is 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 what you know controls it all and my my philosophy on life personally is um do what you like so as long as you don't impose on anyone else that's it that's so people say, well, 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 what if, what if you wanted to murder people? Well, oh, hold on a minute. I, I, I do think that's imposing your will on other people. And if you break it down, do what you like, so long as you don't impose it on, other, uh, on anyone else. So, um, you know, that is the, 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 the mechanism by which people express their freedom. And at the same time, have the respect that they're not imposing that upon other people so if you know if people want to go out into a, a quiet place and do things and they're all they're all um, they're all agreed they want to do them well you know for me you know do it it's an experience and you'll you'll learn from the experience i hope and 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 you'll go on another different kind of road of experience as a result whatever but i get interested when things are being imposed on other people now if this cult wanted to go to a part of the world and run its uh, technocratic uh, fascism and everybody was absolutely delighted to be part of it well you go and do it but when you start saying this is what i want and i'm going to oppose impose on you that's when I get interested, uh, because um, that is what needs to be challenged. Otherwise, the the the, the strongest, uh, um, uh, in whatever way, economic or physical or whatever, are going to dominate the rest, and that's not um, acceptable to me. And that and I'll challenge it. But you know, all all these things, all this fine detail. You must do this. You must do that. Oh, you can't do that. I mean, the, the number of laws that they bring in, and it's all about control, and they're not necessary. So, you know, my answer to that question is we don't need an overarching authority. We don't. I'm a great believer in the, the diversity of, of, of power. What um, uh, you have, the more points of decision-making you have, the less chance there is of some central cabal to dictate everything. Um, and, and, and if if you are subject to the decisions that are, that are being made, you're more likely to make sensible, reasonable decisions than if you're some uh, faceless bureaucracy who's never been anywhere near the places they are dictating control over. So I, I'm all for diversity. I, I mean, you know, I'm not uh, against at all um, uh, some, you know, network of um, cooperation that coordinates cooperation between people. But that's, of course, not what centralization of power is about. It's not about coordinating cooperation between diverse um, uh, groups of decision making. It's about being the decision maker from the center that everyone else has to follow. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm absolutely against uh, uh, structural control and structural, even, you know, um, government on the level that we have. It's ridiculous. It's completely bloody unnecessary. It's it's so great to hear you say those words because it's something that all three of us, and Jesse's not here today, but all three of us have been saying, and not that, 
I don't need any kind of reassurance from someone else. I don't believe in echo chambers. I don't believe that you should have to have someone else saying the same thing as you to validate your point. But it is nice that there are other people out there who have that thought process. Because we, we say all the time, our big mantra here is that the only law should be the human law of you should be able to do anything you want as long as you don't harm any other person and stop them from doing anything they want. It's that simple. What are you describing? You're describing basically the the, um, the whole foundation of common law. Yeah, and it should it shouldn't be more complex than that. No, absolutely. If, if you look at common law, which basically says in, in whatever form, do no harm, um, then that that's the only. I mean, what is that saying except what I've just said? Uh, do what you like as long as you don't impose on anyone else. Uh, so, what they've done, of course, you will well know this is um, created a system of statute law which is law of contracts and they have overridden the very simple and you know all genius is simple if you break down through the complexity that's there to hide the simpleness of genius uh, this the the the, the genius um, simple uh, nature of common law uh, and it's overridden it with this well beyond explosion of statute law and regulation and and uh, so when i um eventually and it probably very soon we'll see um come face to face with this whole system of um the, the covid fascism i'll go down the road of common law i'm not going to engage with them on their statute law because um that's the law of contracts between corporations and, you know, if you said to people, um, you know, your police force is a private corporation, they'd say, no, 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 it's part of the government. No, no, it's a private corporation. And the courts, or no, no, that's the government courts. No, no, private corporation. The House of Commons in Britain is a private corporation. The government, like the government of, of other countries, is a private corporation. And they have to be private corporations because through statute law, they are uh, contracting between, uh, um, between corporations. So if, if I uh, don't accept that I am some corporate entity, which they manipulate us to, to, to self-identify with in, in ways that are explained at length in, uh, by people who are into common law, then um, if I don't contract with a police officer, then he has no jurisdiction over me because I'm not contracting with him. And he is a, in effect, if you break it down, he is a private uh, security guard or security employee of a private company called the, the the police force, whatever the name is. And so if I won't contract with him, um, then he has no jurisdiction. You know, it's like me not contracting with Apple. If I don't contract with Apple, then Apple can't can't take money out of my bank account because there's no contract. And, and, you know, it's the same thing. And they've done this all to um, to totally obscure uh, common law, this genius simplicity of do no harm. And we need to get that back. And we, we, we need to refuse to go down their, their, their uh, statute law, corporate contract law uh, road, because that's where they get their power from. And where, where, where do they strive for this power? And it's just a question that I had, and I'm glad that kind of uh, segued into that. But you talk about the spider web and, and what the spider is. And I was just kind of curious on, on a lot of your research, does the spider 
you know the you know the entity that you talk about does it have a conscious a consciousness and if so what is the goal of their consciousness i know that's kind of a weird question but i just what are your thoughts on that no it's a very good question it's a very relevant one um well everything is consciousness everything is conscious everything that exists is part of a, 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 a vast infinite expression of consciousness but not every part of that consciousness is equally conscious or equally in the same state of consciousness this is where the the great variety and diversity of human and beyond human experience comes from so if you get someone who is um, has compassion and has uh, empathy and uh, integrity well that's a certain state of consciousness and it's a, a very balanced state of consciousness uh, and it's um, a certain frequency of consciousness but if you're a psychopath then you have a very different state of consciousness uh, it, uh, it's a very distorted state of consciousness, a very chaotic state of consciousness, which doesn't have empathy, doesn't have compassion, because that's not what that consciousness expresses, because it, it's in this chaotic, distorted state. But it doesn't mean that it's stupid. It doesn't mean that although it has uh, a totally different ambition and uh, what it seeks to do, may be very different from someone in a state of, of uh, more harmonic um, compassion, empathy, integrity, um, it's still quite capable of pursuing its goal. And, you know, you say, you would say to, um, to people, um, tell, me, tell me about a psychopath. And they say, oh, they're, they're crazy people, and they do this, and they're, yeah, 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 okay, so why? Because of the state of consciousness. Um, uh, but, but as we've seen with many psychopaths, uh, they, they, they may be in a very um, distorted, chaotic uh, state of awareness, but they're not, they, they can be very, very um, clever on an intellectual level. And they can be very aware how to manipulate people. I mean, psychopaths are, 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 are often very, very uh, skilled manipulators. And we're dealing in this other world with extreme levels, almost indescribable levels of psychopath. So if, if you are in a psychopathic state of consciousness, there's certain things you want to happen and want to make happen. And if you're in a, a more harmonious, loving, compassionate, empathetic state of consciousness, you want different things to happen. So we're dealing with uh, a state of awareness that is beyond psychopathic. And so what, it's, what it wants, what it's seeking, what turns it on is, um, is control, is um, uh, suffering, it's um, imposing its will on other people. And that's what we're dealing with. Um, you know, it, 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 they're, they're, uh, they're insane on one level, absolutely, otherwise they wouldn't want what they want, but they have um, an intellectual uh, uh, awareness that can be very clever, and, uh, and, and what it's, it's doing is seeking, as, as psychopaths do, seeking to understand the psychology 
of the target and then using that knowledge of that psychology to manipulate the target. So this whole, um, this whole uh, direction of human society, not least in 2020 to present time, um, which is moving towards more and more control, more of imposition of will, more abuse of the population, is classic psychopathy. And that's what we're dealing with. Uh, and uh, so uh, why do they do what they do? Because of their, that's who they are. And uh, this uh, psychopathic, um, what um, I've called in the books archontic for reasons I go into, consciousness is what is um, purveying right the way through this cult. You see it through people like Gates, you see it through people like Fauci, you see it through uh, um, uh, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all these different people, the Kissingers. Uh, you, you see this psychopathic um, consciousness and this psychopathic ambition that comes with it. And uh, so they will all be basically um, connected to the same consciousness and therefore they act in the same way. And what they're trying to do because that state of consciousness is a very low vibrational state. Uh, when you get into those real psychopathic levels of consciousness, they're very, very heavy, low vibrational states. And what they're trying to do is pull humanity and absorb humanity into that same state. So the more that they can pull humanity into low vibrational states of emotion, like fear, anxiety, depression, uh, we'll call the suicide that's gone on through depression in this in this period. They want to um, bring uh, human uh, consciousness, the target population's consciousness, into the realm, the frequency realm that they operate in, and basically assimilate them into the same state of consciousness. That's what's going on. At the deeper, feed off deeper. that, basically. Yeah, uh, and and you know, it's um, it's interesting. You know, as I've gone through the years. And I've, I've met and talked at length with shamans from different cultures. Um, I've looked at all the different religions, whether, you know, it's Christianity or, or uh, uh, Islam. Or I've looked at the, the, the writings of the so-called Gnostic people. Uh, and it's not the differences that strike you. It's what's the same. And when when you when you do that you, you see an an amazing common theme of a uh, non-human force non-human in terms of not embodied in what we call a human body a non-human force manipulating human society uh, and uh, christianity calls them demons uh, islam calls them jinn the gnostic um, belief system calls them archons the uh, Zulu um, belief system in South Africa calls them uh, Chittahuri. Uh, and they're all diff these different names, but actually the same force. And they're, they're described in, in, in similar ways, this, this unseen force manipulating uh, human society. And, and okay, unseen, how, how, come? how come we can't see them? Because again, um, you know, you, you don't uh, teach to the mass of the people the nature of reality. You don't want them to know that. That's your worst nightmare. Um, and when you break it down, 
what people think is the world where you know they're they're looking out into the world and whatever they're looking at they can see everything in the space they're looking at what this world actually is is a tiny narrow band of frequency uh, uh called um, in terms of visual the visual world called visible light and visible light is a tiny fraction of a wider frequency um the electromagnetic spectrum uh, and you know according to many scientists um the electromagnetic spectrum is about 0.005% of what exists in this universe in uh, uh, matter energy all the rest of it and visible light is a fraction of the 0.005% some scientists go as high as the electromagnetic field being um, or spectrum being a uh, uh, 0.5% but it's freaking tiny whatever wherever you go it's tiny and that smear of that electromagnetic field is our visual world so on that basis almost everything that exists we can't see and so suddenly um being manipulated by a force a consciousness whatever that we can't see becomes perfectly bloody logical we can only see a certain frequency that operates outside that frequency thus we can't see it when you're on channel 1 on the television you can't see channel 2 why because they're 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 on different states of the dial or points of the dial you know the old uh, analog radio system uh you 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 have all the frequencies interpenetrating each other but because they're on different frequencies they don't interfere with each other until they unless they're very close on the dial and 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 so symbolically you can't see them the others when you're tuned to one and then you you tune to another station and now you're hearing that station but the station you were on before has not disappeared still there doing exactly what it was before but now you're not tuned to it so you're not aware of it this is this is the very simple nature of how this whole thing works so suddenly oh that bloke's bloody mad he says we're being manipulated by things we can't see become well actually almost everything that exists we can't see uh, by the way Uh, and uh, this cult uh, this global cult is actually the in our reality frequency band representative of this um consciousness that i'm talking about which you know chitahuri uh, uh, archons demons whatever uh, and and they it's their vehicle So when you um as I have so many times um uh, investigated these major players over the years going right back to the 90s um, and you find that that so often satanism comes up and satanic rituals and so these people may be you know crazy but they're not stupid on that level they're not going to be doing rituals uh, to to something that's not there what they're doing their rituals to in these uh these satanic situations is to this this these gods as they're perceived so if you go way back into babylon and and all these ancient societies and you find that these uh i mean people have no problem oh yeah they used to sacrifice people to the gods in those days oh yeah but okay so what were these bloody gods then why why were people sacrificing uh, uh, their fellow humans to 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 the gods who are these gods and and again when you go around these different societies 
you find that, okay, they were using different names for their gods, quote. So anthropologists and people come along and they say, oh, this was these gods and they, you know, they worship these gods and all that stuff. Then you go, hold on a minute. Let's just, just look at these gods and how they're described. And again, you find all the same. Very uh, uh, um, compelling common themes that actually they're talking about the same force, um, but they obviously in different cultures giving it different names. Uh, and, and so they were openly doing these rituals and these sacrifices in the, um, in the ancient world. But then as humans became a bit more mature, and be, it became totally unacceptable. They went underground. But the, this um, this force, this network, this of, of, often um, uh, a bloodline interbreeding network too at its core that's passed through what we call history um, has continued to do what was done at one time in public. They're doing it in in secret. And this is where, you know, your, your Bohemian groves and all this stuff comes comes out. Um, and, and why, you know, people I've spoken to over the years um, have, who've been insiders and, and got out of it um, have described how these very, very famous people, people that they say you see on CNN, as one said to me, you see them on CNN every day, not just the presenters, but I mean, you know, the people that are being reported about, uh, that, that, you know, that, that people have told me, I, I, I attended uh, rituals that, that they were taking part in. And, and, and often what you, you find is that people who were brought into the, the, the ritualistic level of this cult who um, were completely unknown at the time, then suddenly, boom, they become um, famous people, maybe politicians and, or in the entertainment industry. So um, this, uh, this uh, whole uh, uh, cult is a, in our reality, uh, manipulation system for this um, this this consciousness that operates outside of our our visual um, reality. That's a that's a good way to put. Like that is probably the most logical definition of that that I have seen explained. And that's a, I'm I'm really big on. I'm not a big spiritual person. I do everything I base. I try to do it a lot of logic, a lot of rationality. And I just want to thank you for putting the most logical and rational spin on that kind of thing. Talking about basically the multiverse, the, the different frequencies, the fact that there is more there that we can't see. And you did a great job of giving an analogy with the TV, with the radio, that you can logically explain something like that. So I appreciate that. And then I have a weird out of left field question for you just because I don't want to uh, – I mean not to take – all of this has been super important, so I don't want to surpass on the importance of everything that was said. I also just kind of want to ask you a random question because we're an informal podcast, and I just want to get to know, and I want the viewers to know David Icke the person and not just David Icke the ideal. What, what would your last meal be in, the, in this world, in this frequency? What would David Icke's last meal be? I'm not bothered. <laughs> there you go. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm, you know... Again, when you when you when you um, you play the long game in terms of your perception, then um, you know death is is a transition of perception of awareness from one frequency of reality to another one. So, with the body um, is. This is our vehicle 
to experience this band of frequency because our consciousness is um, vibrating at a uh, frequency which would make it impossible for me to pick that up because the frequency of the, the glasses is completely different to the frequency of my consciousness on that level of true awareness. So I couldn't interact with this world. So we take on these uh, outer shells to um, within the same band of frequency resonance as the world we want to interact with and that we can do that. So uh, what we call death is that which is having the experience basically withdrawing from the vehicle of that experience. So, you know, the, the end of this life for me is just a continuation of infinite exploration of forever, forever. So the, the last of and things like that would never really occur to me because um, it's just withdrawing from one experience and transitioning into another. Um, another with much more expansive um, uh, awareness because what the, this, the, the, the body does is um, it um, decodes reality, it decodes information within this band of frequency, this tiny band of frequency. And that's why we appear, uh, and not only appear, we are kind of mesmerized by, by this world of the scene because the body is constantly processing and manifesting and decoding information within that band of frequency. Uh, and and, and, and like, like I said earlier, if, if you get totally uh, uh, um, focused only on the five senses, basically, you know, your, your, your awareness becomes a, almost becomes a passenger of, of the body's processing system, uh, uh, information processing system. And that's what this cult wants to do. It wants just to bring us only down to this level. Um, but, but, but when you uh, have a self-identity, I am the awareness having the experience, then you have another level of seeing the world, and not just that, which the body is, um, is decoding for you in, within this certain band of frequency. Uh, and so you know, death is a continuation of life. So I don't really go for the first or the last because it's... It, never ends gotcha that's a good way to put it i had to ask i had to mix it up and throw something else up else out there <laughs> well we're, we're, we're a little bit over an hour um i'm i i have one last question if you have the time and yeah, sure. uh, i think like for me like the biggest thing uh and again what we see is all propaganda but um a lot of people I guess what I'm trying to ask is like the IRS, because that's where it all started for me, basically, you know, um, that no one ever questions the IRS, um, whether it be your mainstream news media, um, you never see them talking about it. You never see the president talking about the IRS or the corruption of the IRS. What are your thoughts on the IRS? And are they part of of the spider of the spider? Oh, web? Massive, massively so. Um, if we if we come down to a, a definition of freedom, OK, people say. Um, I want I want freedom. Okay, so what is freedom? Well, if you break it down, freedom is choice. The more choices you can make, the freer you are, and the fewer choices you can make, the more enslaved you are. And in the world that we um, have had constructed around us, money is uh, a massive dictator of the level of choice. 
So if you have lots of money, you have lots of choices that people with nothing don't have. Uh, and so then you connect this to the um, survival mechanism um, in the brain, like the reptilian brain, uh, uh, which is constantly scanning the, the world for threats to survival, not just threats to physical survival and what we call life survival, but th threats to a relationship, threats to a job. Maybe I'm going to lose my job, threats of losing money or threats of not having money, not being able to um, make the, um, the, the rent at the end of the month. And, and th these are all expressions of the survival mechanism. And uh, what we've seen in 2020 is the massive manipulation of that survival mechanism, which uh, is there's a deadly virus. And if you don't do what we tell you, you uh, may not survive. Uh, that has triggered this survival mechanism. Uh, and so because money is so part of the perceived survival mechanism, w will I have the money to pay the rent and put food on the table, etc. Anything to do with money um, impacts upon this survival mechanism. And this is massively part psychologically of why people are terrified of the IRS. And in this country, the uh, inland revenue, they call it. Uh, because the more money I have, the more I associate that with more chance of survival. And these organizations threaten to take that away if I don't do what they say or I don't comply. Thus, um, they are um, infiltrating or threatening my chance of survival and so if you want to get people in fear or you get people in fear what they then do is look outside of themselves for something to protect them from what they most fear once you get people in fear they'll give their power away to anything or anyone they think will protect them and one of the ways um, people think they are protected from people like the IRS and the inland revenue in Britain is compliance. I must comply. I must do what they say. Uh, I must treat them like some kind of, uh, you know, uh, monarch in terms of like, well, you can't go against them. Uh, and, and this gives them tremendous power. And of course, one of the things that is uh, threatened of many politicians over the years, if they're speaking out, is, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, if you go on doing that, you're going to get an IRS audit. And, and that's enough often to, to make people comply and shut up because of all this interaction between money and the perception of survival in the survival mechanism of, of the brain. And it's, uh, you know, people are, are, are frightened of the bank or the bank manager wants to see me. Why? Same thing. And it's, this is used mercilessly to manipulate people. Um, and um, it's going to be uh, carnage, of course, um, economically, uh, when the, um, well, you, you'll hear the crash on Mars eventually after what, what's happened uh, in 2020. Yeah, I mean, $6 trillion spent, and then Biden's about to be in office. He's about to spend another $2 trillion. I mean, that's over like 30 to 40% of the money printed, and I believe in 
and what we have. So, I mean, it's, it's nuts, man. It's just crazy times. And uh, I don't. This is the point. This is the point, see, because, like I said, these people are, 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 are freaking evil. And evil is just a. If, if you look at the evil, it's, a, it's, it's, it's live written backwards, which is very appropriate. Um, but and, and the evil is just a, uh, a distortion of consciousness it's it's a it's a very distorted state of consciousness that's why it's evil and it doesn't do what love and a balanced state of consciousness does because it's it's a distortion that's what evil is um and um but it's not stupid very very clever very devious and what it's doing at the same time it's demolishing the um independent livelihoods and employment of the population and independent businesses, demolishing them with lockdown. And what it's been doing, though this is this is going to come to an end, and when it does, that's when you'll hear the crash on Mars. It's been giving certain amounts of payments in this country, you know, um, a certain percentage of your income. Um, if you are theoretically employed and your business has been told it can't open because of lockdown. Uh, but with each um, new lockdown, more companies have actually closed for good. And at that point, you're no longer going to get what they call furlough payments because you are theoretically employed by this company. This company's gone. So more and more people are losing this and they're going into the unemployment benefit, which is pittance. Um, but in the, um, the massive amounts of money, theoretical money, that governments have been spending, not just um, in in payments because of lockdown, but also massive amounts of money to advance this agenda uh, of the COVID hoax, money no object. They're doing two things, you see, this cult. On one level, they're destroying the independent livelihoods of the population, so they become dependent on the state. And on the other level, they're destroying the, and making bankrupt even more than they were before, these states. So they're targeting at the same time, although it may not seem like that, it's an interaction between the state and, uh, and, and the population. No, no, actually it's an interaction between the cult and the states and the population. And they're bankrupting both of them at the same time to um, create a situation where the the perceived only way to respond is for the cult in all its forms, like the global banking system, etc., to come in and save the day by transforming the world into what was planned all along. Yeah, the Great Reset, one you know, a one-world yeah. government, and that's been talked about since George Bush uh, Senior. You know, the, and that, I think that's when it started getting really big. Was just him saying, you know, it's a new world order. And every president's followed suit in America, at least, to you know, perpetuate that idea. And I think that that's coming to fruition. Like you said, you've been predicting this stuff for a very long time now, man. And if we don't turn things around, and I, I guess we can leave it at that, unless Johnny has one more question. Um, let's let's go. I mean, we said what would happen if we went on the positive side. What is the future state of the world if if they do get a grasp of the of the end of if the new world order does exist and it is going to happen? What kind of world are we looking at? Well, if they get what they want, um, you're looking at a, a world in which um, artificial intelligence will be connected to the human brain and will become the human mind. That's that's the idea. Is that inevitable, so, though? 
as from from a human perspective, is that not an, an inevitable to be, become one with trans, transhumanism? Well, it's inevitable if we go on as we are. And it's inevitable if people don't realize um, where it's leading uh, on purpose. You see, you've got people like um, Ray Kurzweil, the Google executive, um, who's pre predicting all this um, AI control and uh, where AI becomes the human mind, openly saying it. And he's saying, oh, yo, to um, when that happens, we'll become superhuman, we'll become like the gods. Well, we won't become superhuman, we'll become subhuman and posthuman, because that's the idea uh, from the, the bigger picture. Um, because, you know, uh, here's a question. What is AI? What is it? People don't ask that question. Well, on one level, yes, it's algorithmic AI. On another level, it's a level of AI which constantly learns and, uh, um, and assimilates knowledge. And, you know, people should realize that while they complain about their privacy uh, being uh, deleted by your Facebooks and your Googles and, and all the rest of them, um, actually, that's only one level of it. Because all the things you post on the internet from, you know, what you've had for your dinner to your political opinion is being assimilated and fed into AI. And so AI is building up a colossal understanding of what makes human uh, humans tick, how their perception works, and thus how to manipulate them. But that's still not the ultimate AI. I said earlier that, um, you know, this manipulating force in its base state is consciousness. It doesn't even have form. It's a distorted state of consciousness. Um, and so what is ultimately AI? And by technologically connecting us to that um, AI, what are they connecting us to? And um, what I've suggested in the books over the years um, is that um, this level of AI that I'm talking about is actually this consciousness. And, and um, by connecting um, us to it technologically, it can assimilate human consciousness into itself, which has been the plan from the start going way, 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 way back. Um, and if we go on as we are and we don't understand that's the game, and we think, oh, Lord, I've got the latest phone. Oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, have a microchip. Oh, wouldn't it be great? Yeah, I've seen your brain is already happening with some people. And, and, and they don't realize why. It's like, let's have the vaccine, but you don't realize why, which is to do with actually a part of all this. Um, then, um, then, then it will unfold uh, because we come back to perception again. But if we go down another route, this is a wonderful opportunity. You know, the Chinese have a word meaning danger and opportunity, apparently. Uh, and, and it's right that they, they are describing the same thing. Because um, we've been manipulated by this force uh, for uh, right the way through known human history. Uh, and it's just got more and more power, more and more control. And that's where it is where it is now. But it's been doing this manipulation all the way through. This is why these secret societies and stuff go back so far. Um, uh, but we have the opportunity now because for the first time it stepped into the room where anyone with a brain can see it. So it's also given us the opportunity to bring an end to this nonsense um, for, um, for good. And how do you bring an end to it? 
you cease to vibrate on the frequency of it. Because just with radio stations, where you've got different frequencies and never the twain shall meet, so it is with this um, this uh, consciousness, this consciousness, as I call it. Um, if you're not within its frequency band, it cannot manipulate you and and, um, and affect you. What it can do is work through those who are in its frequency band and try to affect you that way through law enforcement, through snitching on your neighbors in the, in the situation we face now. But it can't directly impact upon your awareness because your awareness is, is, is vibrating uh, outside its band of frequency. Uh, and, and in that way, you disconnect from its control. And that's why it's always trying to keep people in a low vibrational, fear-based, anxiety-based, depression-based, psychopathic-based um, level of perception, because then we are going to be in its vibrational lair and um, able to be manipulated by it. But um, not, not, not if we go beyond it. And this is the key reason why it wants us to self-identify the I with the labels of the five senses and not self-identify with that level of self that is vibrating vastly beyond this this uh, prison cell vibrational frequency in which um, this uh, this cult operates. That's a lot of information and a good way to put. Did you have something else, Paul? Yeah, before? just just real quick. I mean. Uh, we had a guest on last week named or a couple of weeks ago named Howdy Mikowski, and we're trying to trying to find back. We're trying to find the origins. You know what I'm saying, of the indoctrination of America at least. And if you look back to the world spheres, it's a very interesting concept. I don't know if you've ever looked into it, but and uh, in, in his theory, there was a cataclysm somewhere in the 17 1800s, and there's some history that's missing. Um, but he suggests that there was a time on Earth where humans. Where it was there was more harmony and we vibrated on a different frequency and on a different level where things were not necessarily utopia but just better and he suggested that a lot of the cathedrals and these massive monuments have this amazing energy where he thinks that maybe back in the day just for an example you didn't need a doctor because you could go into this temple and it, you could just heal yourself that way well um i'm i'm with that theme um the ancients refer to something uh, called the golden age. This was an age when humans were very different and, and you can um, you can get uh, evidence of that. Um, human consciousness as it's become, human perception as it's become, is not what it was in what they call the golden age. And this whole theme of cataclysms, I've, I've written um, in my books, um, uh, about that many times and and um, I would relate a massive change in human consciousness I, I say this you can pretty much chart back the takeover uh, then um, to a colossal cataclysmic happening um, in the heavens which has come down through history as the war of the gods um, and, uh, you know, this is going to sound uh, fantastic to um, a lot of people who haven't come across it before. Um, 
but um, Saturn, which is the, the real, along with Orion, is a big focus of this cult. Saturn, you know, the the, the chief god of the Rome of, of Rome, ancient Rome, was was Saturn. The Saturn symbolism all around us, um, if you know um, uh, where where to look and what it is, and so Saturn. There was a I've got it up there actually. It's a very rare book now. Costs a fortune if you if you um, if you, you want to buy one. It's not in print. It should be. It's by a, an American researcher called David Tolbert, and it's called the Saturn Myth. And what David did was um, look around all the myths in all the different. Um, cultures of the world ancient cultures what they said about Saturn and it's 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 a phenomenal piece of research because the common themes were were blatant uh, and uh, the symbolism symbolism that you know well you know what's, what's that mean what's all that about you start to understand that they're symbolizing Saturn and I say this will sound fantastic but um, there's many ancient uh, uh, myths and legends about the time when there were two suns. The Earth had two suns. The one we have now and another one. And the other one was Saturn, which is actually a, a, a form of sun that even now gives off more energy than it receives from the sun, uh, for, uh, as, as does Jupiter, of course. Um, and that Saturn was phenomenally closer now, or then, uh, than it is now. Uh, and it was the, the central, if you like, focus of people on the earth. And it became the god. Because if Saturn was where it, it is now, when all these myths all around the world were focused on Saturn, then how do you explain that? It's a dot in the frickin' sky. But you have all these myths about Saturn. But all this, these, this, 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 um, this whole uh, legend system about Saturn all over the world, because it wasn't always where it is now. And, and what is is clear? Velikovsky, Emmanuel Velikovsky, talks about this in the fifties, and uh, David Talbot's done a really great um, uh, animated uh, video explanation explanation of this um, on the internet, um, where there were great cataclysms. Uh, and the, 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 a number of the planets started moving around uh, because some massive event happened. Uh, Mars became uh, uh, part of this, and, and the Mars we know today, the, the, the apparently dead Mars and all that stuff, uh, relates back to this. Um, uh, and funny enough, way back in this research, what would it be, 90... 94, maybe 95, um, I started researching the, uh, this basic theme. And it started then, as this other information came, started to fit together. Because I read a book um, back in the 90s um, called The Day the Earth Nearly Died. And it was two researchers. And what they did was they looked at all the ancient myths of a time of fantastic cataclysm on the Earth. and this locks into things like the Great Flood and all that stuff. Um, and then they looked at the biological and uh, geological record of the Earth to see if that in any way matched what these legends say. Because they, 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 these legends and accounts of the Great Earth Cataclysm 
again, you see it talked about in terms of the end of Atlantis and Lemuria or Mu. Um, these, um, these myths about this cataclysm are very, very common in their themes all over the world. It's like a, an ancient kind of uh, uh, um, memory, uh, uh, which fits in to what Tolbert has been talking about and Velikovsky was talking about, that actually there was this massive um, cataclysmic uh, uh, situation in the heavens. It affected uh, Venus and Jupiter, big time Saturn, which ended up changing positions. And you know, when you um, when you come down to the purely uh, astrological level, what is astronomy? Uh, why are we affected by the planets' movements and the movements of the stars? And this will come into what I'm going to say. Well, because everything. Um, whether it's the human body, or whether it's the Earth, whether it's a planet, whatever it is, um, we see its holographic, illusory physical expression, but it's absolutely based on uh, an information field, a consciousness field. Call it an information field. So these different planets have different information fields. And we live in a massive uh, uh, field, just like Wi-Fi, if you like, uh, like a, a cosmic internet, I call it. And we are interacting with this field all the time. So we have an electromagnetic field. Um, people call it the human aura or whatever. And it's interacting with the wider field. And it's through this field that things get connected. This is where um, the whole thing of, um, uh, extrasensory uh, perception comes from uh, where where people are communicating and don't realize that they've been communicating where you, you, you think of someone and suddenly the phone rings that person's on the line it's because there's communication going on through this field electromagnetically uh, and so as the, the planets are moving around and they are information fields in and of themselves very very powerful ones obviously they are, as they move in their cycles, they're changing the field. And these different astrological sequences, your trines and your conjunctions and all this stuff that astrologers talk about, is simply an expression of when these different uh, fields of consciousness information are in certain relationships to each other, the sum of that impact on the field is far greater than the individual parts. And that's why they talk about great conjunctions and what have you. Just had one in, on the 21st of uh, December with um, uh, uh, Saturn and, uh, and Jupiter. So where I'm going with this is this. The planetary situation as it was before will have had a certain effect on the field and a certain effect on consciousness um, because of the the, the nature of the way that the, the cycles and positions of those planets were affecting the field. But when this cataclysm happened and the planets went walkabout, not all of them, but some of them, then their impact on the field dramatically changed because it, it wasn't impacting it in the same way. And so 
the field changed dramatically as a result of that. And we're interacting then with a different um, state of the field, informational state of the field, vibrational state of the field. And that will affect our consciousness. It will affect our awareness. It will affect us in multiple different ways. And that kind of makes sense to me that that would at least partly explain, only part, this um, shift that took place from the, the so-called golden age, when you, you're absolutely right what you were saying, the, the consciousness was very different. Perception was very different, thus the world was very different. Human society was very different. And then suddenly it, 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 it changed dramatically. Um, and I, I've charted this uh, through in the books and, and you can take it back to a point where consciousness didn't just change. You, you, you would think that human perception, human behavior would we kind of slowly kind of evolve maybe, but there's a point where it just shifted in a ridiculously short time that is not explainable uh, in the normal course of events. And that's, for me, the point where human perception started to be hijacked in the way that it's, it's been taken through to present time. And, uh, you know, um, this has been planned for so long. And because we need to see the difference between what we perceive as the human timeline of events and the unfolding of that timeline in terms of human society and the quote timeline of this um, of outside of this of, of this reality so we are now moving towards uh, obviously a high-tech world of what is perceived as highly advanced technology this other force in its various expressions has known about this when humans were knocking rocks together it's only in this timeline this human timeline within this band of frequency that we've seen this progression from knocking rocks together to um, high technology but the high technology was and how, how 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 to create it and how to use it has been known outside of this timeline all along and what they've been doing, I go into this in the books in detail, some of them, um, is they have been bringing through human awareness in a very um, controlled way, as best that they can control it anyway, whereby they, are, they have been working to make at least large numbers of humans intelligent enough to build their own prison but not wise and expanded consciously enough to see that that's what they're doing so they they have been focused as is the education system today on the left side of the brain uh, and and it's basically it's technology it's this world it's seeing everything is apart from everything else um, and it's been bringing people um, to this point 
where they could work with this technology and they could interact with this technology and use this technology without actually having the expansiveness of consciousness to see what was the hell was going on. And, you know, if you look at how this technology has unfolded, there's not been a time, especially since it kicked off in earnest, where people have been sitting at a table, strumming their fingers, waiting for some geek in a garage somewhere in Silicon Valley to invent the next stage that they needed for the next stage of control. It's just seamlessly flowing out and it's got quicker and quicker and quicker. And you know, I, um, I saw a BBC uh, series, a two program series about Silicon Valley. It was BBC, so it wasn't very good. But um, what it did show was a sequence at one point of garage doors in Silicon Valley. And it said this technology was invented by this garage door and this, this was invented by this garage door. This didn't get, and and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I bet there's someone in the shadows saying, hey, chaps, too many garage doors, mate. You've got to think of another cover story. <laughs> because, because, or they'll suss it. Because the reason this technology has flowed out and got more and more advanced quicker and quicker and quicker is because it's being um, uh, transferred out of these other unseen dimensions into this one. And it's that transfer conduit is um, beyond top secret underground bases and other secret projects. And what they need are cover stories and cover story people to um, explain to a public consumption how this next level of high technology got into the public arena and how the next level did the next level did and you people like your gates and your zuckerberg and your brennan pages at um, at, at google etc these are just front people they're front people for this inner core to bring technology and companies um into being uh, as part of this uh, whole um control agenda so here we stand at this point where what has been planned all along control of humanity technologically and they have to bring us like i say to a certain point of being able to be intelligent enough to work with this technology so we can build our own prison um, we're at this point now where they want to finish the job of completely um manipulating and controlling or not even manipulating, controlling human consciousness via AI. Um, but we're also at a point, and this is what the wake up is all about, uh, where people are waking up more and more from that limitation, what I call cleverness. It's very clever to make an atomic bomb. It's not very wise to do it. That's the difference. They're waking up from this cleverness um, that's been... Um, downloaded to them in this sequence I'm talking about and they're starting to gain wisdom and wisdom comes from an expansion of consciousness and so we're at this point now where um, an a, a continued expansion of consciousness into the true eye and out of this this vibrational prison cell can transform everything uh, and if it doesn't boom, 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 the long-term plan will continue and that's that's the the, the fork in the road that humanity now stands at 
we better make a decision which way we want to go we better make it pretty damn quick <clears throat> i completely agree man i'm I just think. convinced now that it's not military bases the garage doors, for some reason, are the transference points. Maybe there's something about garages where they're just like, yeah, this is where everything hops over from the other vibrations. You know, this is garages are just they're it's built funny. like temples for it's stuff funny, to just it? come over. It's funny. You, you see in the media, Mark Zuckerberg has decided to do this. Have you seen him? <laughs> Capitol Hill. Yeah. With his with his with his eyes caught in oh, the headlights. Man. Oh, man. Train. What the idea he's running Facebook and this this bloke um, uh, Dorsey at Twitter is insane. Uh, they're front people, uh, and and it, it's it's the military uh, intelligence complex um, and of course industrial corporation complex is actually driving the whole thing. Yeah, um, and uh, and this is where the technology is coming from seamlessly because it has been sitting there. Uh, this is why you know you see you see um, um, old um, sci-fi films coming out of Hollywood, in which they're using technology that's now commonplace. They they, they know they, they know it's sitting there waiting to come out. They're just preparing us and, for and, it. And this is how, yeah, this is how people like Aldous Huxley uh, with Brave New World, and uh, even Orwell, nineteen eighty four, who who um, they had connections into this other world. Uh, uh, Orwell uh, had connections be because of his background. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, Orwell was a, a vehicle of, 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 the, of this other world. No, no. But he knew about it. He knew about it. Huxley knew about it. And that's why Brave New World and, uh, and 1984 could describe technology and ways of manipulating people chemically and, and in terms of genetically. Um, all those years ago, I mean, Orwell, um, Orwell wrote his book in 1948, or he was published in 1948. Huxley um, uh, published Brave New World in 1932. But be, you see, you've got this world I was talking about where the population lives, but you've got this other world. And this other world has a completely different level of awareness and thus technological possibility long before this world, it gets transferred over to this world, before this world even understands that's possible. So you had the telescreens, etc., in um, uh, uh, in Orwell's uh, world. You had the manipulation genetically of a non-procreation uh, procreating human race in world state hatcheries, which is exactly where they're going. It's what this uh, uh, fusion of gender is all about. Nothing to do with uh, you know. It must be nice to transgender people. It's, it's to do with the process of, of removing uh, uh, gender from the from the uh, from 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 the the human. Um, the human race uh, it, it, it's confusing gender on the road to fusing gender and uh, these what's in these vaccines is part of that as well they want to change the body from a biological state to a synthetic biological state and the reason they want they're, they're now saying I said they would um, these uh, so-called COVID uh, uh, fake vaccines um, every year is because cumul cumulatively they, they, they're into this transformation of the human body from a, a, a purely biological state to a synthetic biological state. This is why synthetic biology is a whole burgeoning um, area of, uh, of, of science now. Uh, but they, they knew, I mean, I quoted a guy in my books um, some time back, particularly in one called Phantom Self, called Dr. Richard Day, 
who was a Rockefeller insider. He was an executive of Planned Parenthood, Rockefeller organization, of course. Uh, and um, he stood up in 1969 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, at a, uh, a, a, a meeting of pediatricians, like a conference of pediatricians. And uh, he uh, shocked them by saying, um, turn off recording equipment, don't take notes, because basically I'm going to tell you how the world's going to change. And why he did this, I don't know. I'm glad he did, because it was very instructive. But, and he then described in enormous detail, and, 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 I, and I, in Fant himself, I'd go into what he said in, in detail, how the world was going to change. And there was one pediatrician called uh, Lawrence Dunnigan who did take notes. And later, he um, did some interviews uh, with a internet um, a website about um, what Day said that night because he was seeing that it was happening. And what Day described uh, in 1969 uh, was the internet. He described the internet, the World Wide Web, um, as it became. Uh, he described how they were going to make boys and girls the same. He described uh, 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 how they were going to uh, inoculate disease through vaccination, how they were going to have a massive economic crash and they were going to transform the, um, the, uh, the uh, human society. And what he described in 1969 was technology that simply wasn't available then, some of it not even thought of. And he described in very, very uh, precise detail, really, what is now called the Great Reset, all these years later. Uh, because if you're part of this world, then you know what's coming long before this world is even vaguely aware of it. And it's the same with technology, and that's why it's seamless I've never uh, in terms of playing out. I've never thought of it that way. I've known the technology thing doesn't catch me off guard one bit. We've talked about it several times and it's always the example I I've never thought of as at a different frequency or a different plane, you know? But the thing that I've always talked about is or the example I use is the B2 stealth bomber which was officially announced in the 80s in America. It was like 1982 or something like that, the B2 stealth bomber. But people had sightings of it in the early 1960s, like 1961, and they thought it was aliens, they thought it was something else, whatever, and it was this stealth bomber the whole time, and you're talking, this is from 62 to 82, which is a 20-year span. Imagine the difference in technology 20 years from now that they already have now, that we're just oblivious to, but there's these people that know about it kind of thing. And I just never thought of it as coming from this different vibration or this different frequency. Yeah, that, 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 that's where it's coming from. And, you know, when you look at um, Brave New World and Aldous Huxley, what he was talking about there was, was like sci-fi big time in 1932. But it's, it's where it's very clearly going now. Um, uh, they they um, want this synthetic biological human to, to not procreate. So they no longer need men. Hence, one major reason why there's this uh, a attack on men and also why um, sperm counts are plummeting around the world, not least in the West. Um, and, and why um, it's been pointed out by uh, medical professionals that um, there's a good chance that this vaccine will um, manipulate the body to attack um, uh, the reproductive... Um, sterilize people, basically. Yeah, sterilize people. And, and that fits why... Sperm counts are plummeting. They want an end to human 
1.0, you might say. Bill Gates came out and said it. Bill Gates came out and said it in a TED talk like five years ago. He wasn't he wasn't hiding it. Like you said, they put it out there for everyone to see. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, this 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 is all all part of it. And and here was Orwell, uh, sorry, um, Huxley, uh, describing this agenda unfolding today in 1932. That's because I say again, this world has a completely different timeline and um, technological knowledge than this world is allowed to have. 